Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, how are you now, Ska? What's the crack? Hey. Great day for the washing. I'd murder about pens. Out. No harm, no foul. Are you a dog board or are you a lady board? I'll bleed and brief you. Fall and break your legs, don't come running to me. What a gee bag. Irish stop. How you wished. Top of the morning to you all. What's the crack? Tis myself, the podcast. No, it's tis yourself and tis me self. <laughs> Even I'm getting confused. How are you getting on? What is the crack and how are you all doing this fine Saturday? This October Saturday, lads, I'm freezing since I come home from holidays and I know it's been actually sound weather the last few days. We haven't had a bit of rain. It's been lovely and sunny, but I'm frozen. I can't be dealing. I have the fluffy socks on, the cardi. Oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready after being in the sunny breakaway. Oh, Jesus, first world problems or what? First world problems. Well, listen, the big news today. Five thousand listens. Boom. That is a goal ticked for me. Oh, my God, lads. I've just been. I can't believe it. This is incredible. Incredible. I can't believe it. Like. I have been doing this since March. So like, what is that? March, April, May. Oh, I can't look. I'm not going to count over the few months, lads. A few months. And I can't believe 5,000 listens. And I have to say big props to all the Jonathan Jolie fans because they really gave a boost. That's nearly a 1,000 listens alone, that episode. So that's just absolutely unbelievable. And if you head over to my Instagram account, I'll be announcing the giveaway winner. And I also have a little special um, extra surprise. So that is going to be announced today. Uh, the competition ended last night and I'm going to announce the winner this morning, Saturday morning. So go and check it out. It might be you. If you did share the podcast, if you put it up on your story or anything like that. But um, if you didn't and you're just here anyway, I'm, I'm just happy that you're here. I have to say, you might be here just because of my guests today. Um, before I get into the guests I have on this morning, I have to tell you about the ultimate glamour I'm in right now. Um, I'm currently, the microphone that I'm using is top, it's, it's very expensive. And yet for some reason today, I decided it'll only work in certain positions. So it's currently lying on the floor of my bedroom and I'm lying beside it with the laptop up on the bed. And I just sometimes... You know, you'd be listening to these podcasts that are in the top 10 and they're all so professional. They're all done in radio studios and, you know, they've got producers and stuff. And I would like to bring you down to the reality of us small little indie ones who do this all on our own. That I'm currently lying on the floor of a Friday evening recording <laughs> this intro. <laughs> yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real. Even when it's on my big deal with Spotify, you know. <laughs> Um, it means it means I'm telling you now it means more to me that you press play today than it does to anyone in the top 10 because they get thousands and thousands of people that listen every single day from around the world and I've just reached 5,000 and I'm like oh my god that, that's so mind-blowing to me I don't need sponsors I do this all on my own I find the guests myself and all that kind of crack and record and all that sort of stuff so everything that goes right is for me and everything that goes wrong is by me and oh my god the drama of today's episode so um, I got offered this uh, chat with these two lovely lads and as a mega fan from back in the day I was like yes um, I'm talking to Sean and Scott from Five and um, I was a 
boy band fanatic as a teenager still love the boy bands like you know I was probably too old to be loving One Direction and I loved them anyway I went to see them in concert the whole shmang so I'm not ashamed of it I don't care if I'm like the, the oldest biddy there I love the boy bands I will go see Baxter Boys eventually when they come back I can't I can't believe I've never seen them I'd love events and got back together Um, I've seen five Boyzone Westlife well to be fair who hasn't seen Westlife um, and all the big, all the greats. I've seen them all except for the big American ones. But obviously I was offered this chance to chat to the lads. So excited. Um, I was chatting to them on Thursday and, you know, working away, getting ready. And I was about 20 minutes up uh, beforehand, sitting there making sure the lighting was right and having makeup was, looked decent. And then Zoom just wouldn't work. It just would not work. And it would not register my internet. I tried my hotspot and the whole lot. Had an allocated slot because the lads had to be doing a Facebook Live. And I was like, oh my God, I was having a mental breakdown, lads. I'm not even joking got them on the screen and then their volume wouldn't work and I couldn't understand it and they Scott was whatsapping me and he was like we have to do a recording of something else but they so kindly did their Facebook live and came back and we got a half an hour chatting and honestly they're just so sound for doing that because other people would have just been like no good luck goodbye and they weren't like that at all they were so sound and we would have talked for longer if Scott hadn't to go off and present his own radio show so I have to say so so thank you so so much to Scott and John for being so unbelievably sound like honestly so sound because I had a mental breakdown and in the time that they were off and did their Facebook live I was crying on the side of the room going why won't this work why won't it work see once again no producers nothing <laughs> nothing like that just me microphone laptop zoom oh, hell yeah. but I can breathe now because it's done they were lovely so so nice and getting to hear about their you know getting together and getting back together and all that kind of stuff they've got some new music which I'll talk about at the end of the episode um, but I'm going to let the lads stick over here and I really hope you enjoy all you fellow boy band fans here is Scott and Sean from Five Hello Hey Yay oh my god I'm so happy Woo! That this is working that Zoom is working it's finally worked after this drama this morning How are you? Here we are well, considering the Zoom issues we had this morning, I'm sorry, I had this morning, uh, I'm going to get started. Um, I suppose I'm going to take you back. You know, everybody knows who you are now and delighted Fiverr back and releasing new music and new album and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to get onto that, obviously, um, today, chat all about that. But first, I want to kind of go back to the life, like, you know, how it led up to being in the band, like how you guys came together. Because, like, I remember, you know, I was a teenager when you guys came out and, you know, Five, Boys Own, Baxter Boys, all that kind of stuff were boy band central. Like they were, it was the biggest thing in the world. And it kind of felt like you guys came from just out of nowhere to being huge. How did it come about for you? Um, it was it was actually like, it was like X Factor without the cameras, really. It was, it was Simon, it was Simon Cowell. It was, um, it was... It was going to be the Spice Boys. It was labelled as the Spice Boys. So, we, so the management that put the Spice Girls together joined up with Safe. Uh, they were called Safe Management. They joined up with Simon Cowell to put a boy band together, like the Spice Girls. They put an advertisement in the stage newspaper for an audition. We all entered that audition. And the process was exactly the same as X Factor in terms of queuing outside, doing your bit in front of you know judges, if you like. Um, and then different rounds. Um, it just wasn't the X Factor, basically. There weren't many rounds. No, it wasn't. Like, not no. like the X Factor. No. It, it, it was before that. So obviously, the, the, obviously, X Factor come later in the format. 
that was born. But it was it was very much like that. The Simon Cowell and uh, say safe management, Bob and Chris Herbert, and and what people don't realise is it. You know, there was thousands of people there, and then on, on the second audition, they whittled that down from the thousand to a select few people. There were only groups of four people because only wanted four in the band ever. And oh wow! We were the only group that had five members. And then Simon Cowell that very day sent everyone else home and we were the band. That's so weird because like as a teenager, you know, uh, I like I bought some shit, saw every magazine that came out, Top of the Pops, and it kind of felt like you guys just appeared. And I suppose as a young person, I wasn't really going, where did they come from and how did they get together? I was just like excited, you know, and we had, you know, Boyzone, we had you guys and like Backstreet Boys and that was, it was boy band central. So like for you guys, it must have been, deadly great like when Simon Cowell says here listen you're the ones I'm picking we were sort of fast tracked really it was one of those weird things where like most bands like are out for quite a long time before they do anything and they do like school tours and stuff around they really sort of build up their brand and that didn't happen for us at all did it we were literally catapulted straight into mainstream the way you said we did kind of true really we did just appear but it's interesting to hear though because I never thought about it from that perspective I thought that everybody knew our story of how we were put together I never imagined that like we just appeared like like bands do and you'd never think that we were sort of put together in that way yeah I suppose, and as you mentioned, you're the original X Factor style. You know, if you're, you had the idea of being like the Spice Boys, and you know, who's going to be Scary Boy? <laughs> Whatever they had decided for you guys. Like, if I think back, even like, you know, Smash Hits was the biggest thing in the world at the time. Like, you know, there was no YouTube or anything like that. So, like, the cutting out of the lyrics, I used to have lyrics and posters and stickers every week. You know, and that was huge. And that's, you guys did the tours as well. Yeah, we. I mean, at one of our one of our first ever shows, we've done, done a couple of Radio 1 road shows um, and, and we were lucky enough to be put on Radio 1 uh, the first time we ever performed, which was bonkers. But our, like, our first ever shows were arenas. We, we'd done the Smash It's Forwards and we, and we won that as Best Newcomer. And we'd only been a band for like five minutes. I remember, I remember being, before we did the um, Radio 1 road show gig, because, you know, you got to bear in mind that before that, we'd just we been doing, like, things on our own, like, little local things, you know what I mean? We've never, never done anything that big. And I just, like, a few weeks before, I was I was absolutely petrified. I was convinced that I, that I wouldn't be able to do it, you know what I mean? Because, you know, it's, you'd seen Radio 1 Road shows from the other side, and they're, they're big events, so just, just, just thrown on there. Um, yeah, it was really scary. Incredible, yeah. Well, I don't know about for you, but it was. Well, I know it was. It was really scary, and I, and I remember vividly a, a moment where Peter Andre, who now we we you know see all the time, we're you know friends with Pete, and we see him star there like he is now, and and he was signing autographs, and we was like, oh my god, maybe one day we'll we'll you know fans that want our autograph, and that very day after our first ever performance, as we left the stage, people were asking for our autograph, and that was mind blowing. We were like. Oh my God, this is like, I didn't even have an autograph at that point. I was like, <laughs> so I need it on my school books. <laughs> You're like, ass, big giant. <laughs> That's weird though, because Sean, like, to think about it from that point of view, like you were saying, a few weeks beforehand, you had been kind of probably doing smaller gigs yourself, just as Sean and like, just as Scott doing like, pub gigs or like someone's a friend of a friend asks you to do a song here and there and then suddenly it's like hi there's 37,000 people here and they're here to see us 
Um, Sean, Sean was 15 at the time. Yeah. So I'm not sure he was doing pub gigs. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you say that. I did play, um, I did play a social club um, in, in Leeds when I was about 11. I got up and sang on the uh, sang on the old uh, on the old Joanna. Although although Sean was quite modest, um, what, what he had, what he failed to mention is that he had also played the violin as a child, one young composer of the year. Jesus, um, yeah, Elscott, yeah, pretty incredible that at, at such a young age. It still wasn't as big as Radio One Road. No, of course it was. Fan writing. <laughs> Jesus, that's incredible. So you were coming into the band with some serious, you know, background. You're like, lads, I've already played the Royal Albert Hall. I've got this under my belt. Were you, were you saying, I'll be the lead? No. None of us were not sure quite. what to do with that. Not quite. Yeah, it is weird when there's five of you to go, who's going to be, you know, the, the front man or whatever. Like, does that ever come up? Or is it a case of you guys going... We were really lucky to drive because there wasn't there wasn't a front man. Um, like you had five front men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did have five front men. Like, so with with you know bands like Boyzone, for example, it's obviously it's Ronan's a front man, and then the others are there. And, you know, even with Westlife, it's Shane really, maybe Mark a little bit. You know, stuff like yeah. that. Um, take that. It was Robbie was trying to be the front man, but always Gary. You know, so it kind of. But with with five, you had rappers and singers, and everyone sort of shared the stage, which was, which was nice, really. Yeah, because I suppose in all, if I think of even like two or three songs now, just off the top of my head, you know, you'll have Rich might be doing the start, then Abs might be doing something. And then, you know, the next song I think of, neither of them sing at all in the lead. So I suppose that is unusual. I think that that's our strength. Um, and that's what we've tried to do with a new album as well as we did with the old music is it's eclectic because that is the reality of the band. We're all from different backgrounds. We're um, we're all got sort of different personal, individual music taste, and it's just bringing it all together into this uh, whatever it is melting um, pot. Melting pot, yeah, um, yeah. It's eclectic. We're an eclectic band. And, and you know what? Pop, pop, eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> I found with the new album, and, and and there really is no egos, and it, it's it's actually it's really refreshing actually. Like when no one's fighting to. To sing the vocal, crowbar yourself on on the track just because you want to. It's, that's never going to work, you know. Mm. You we instinctively know that like, you know who's going to sing what. Like there'll be certain songs on on this album where I do the majority of the lead on on a certain song, but that's because it suited my voice more. And it's always obvious, isn't it? Whenever we've done our music, once we've got the song, it's always obvious who's meant to do what. Yeah. And your your new music is your both of you and Rich. Yeah, that's it. So so tell me um, how that kind of came about that the three of you came together because I know you at different stages you guys were touring as two and three and you know mixing it up um, just kind of doing flashback like you know um, throwbacks. I, I tell you sort of how it came about really. So obviously, why I was you know when I left the left the band you know I wasn't I was a bit depressed and all that you know and, and you know didn't know what to do and I was doing gigs on my own and I was refusing to sing five songs I was singing songs that I thought I sounded good singing and I was rebelling against the fact that you know almost was on a journey I was in a, on a journey not not mm-hmm. realizing Growing up. yeah not realizing that five songs are actually pretty cool and I'd do these gigs and I'd sing a five song and they'd go mental and then I'd sing another one and then before I knew it my set was five and it was a one-man five and I was doing that 
then, then I was doing shows back, and then the big reunion comes up for it. And, and it was an amazing show to be a part of. I hadn't done anything together for 10 years. And to get the opportunity to not only tell our truths on the TV, you know, um, walks and all, and let everyone know what it was like and, and all that, it was about sort of refinding our friendships and reconnecting and stuff like that. And, and then there's three of us now, as you say. So when we done the big reunion, Jay didn't want to join that process. That's his choice. And um, there's no hard feeling there. Like I, I said what I said on the big reunion, that, that was fine. I put that to bed. Um, I think he appreciates that, as do I. And um, he didn't want it. He didn't want to be part of the band, which is his own choice. We had him for that. Um, Abs left shortly after the big reunion for his own reasons, yet again. They've made it perfectly clear. Three members of the band that are in the band now genuinely want to be in the band. We're doing it if we want to. And the thing is, because there's three of us, we had a lot of uh, apprehension about doing new music, about whether it'd be accepted. And I suppose that that is, it, we put it off for so many years, even though a lot of them, so many fans were asking all the time, when are you going to do new music? New music's like, what? we felt up against it in the sense of we're competing. One, you can never better keep on moving or if you're getting down, do you know what I mean? That, yeah. so you, so that, that gives you a bit of anxiety and it's getting your head around that. Then it's, then it's there's three of us, you know, and the majority of the fans uh, appreciate that and, and, and sort of embrace it, embrace that because they must do because they're at the gigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we still had a lot of sort of apprehension um, but it's it's been really really well appreciated, which we're you know it was like when we did the big reunion. We didn't know it was going to go as big as it did. Mm. There was a lot of fear then, yeah. um, you know. And and again, it sounds really cheesy, but the fans made it happen for us. And and again with the new music, the fans are really appreciating it. And after all the fear, it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, it is because we kind of always said in every interview, you know, over the years, we've said, no, we're not, we're not going to do music. That was a collection of fear, as Sean said, and, and, and having no time to do it properly and really lend yourself to it properly and actually make some. Um, when the pandemic hit, we were like, you know what, we've got plenty of time now. We can actually do this and, and assess it. And the more we wrote and the more we, you know, we produced, it was like, you know what, where's the fear? Where, where's the fear even come from? We, we want to do this. The fans want us to do it. So here it is. And to get back on the stage and to start singing the new songs that like we have done, just done the Boys Are Back tour, the last leg from before. And we were still able to sing Keep On Moving. And, you know, if you get which we that, always will. Which we always will. Um, but we're also, you know, being able to stand on the stage and say, you know what? You've waited patiently for 20 years. And the love that we've got back for them new tunes has been incredible. And... You know, which is why we're so excited for the album to be uh, ready for pre-order on the third of December, mm -hmm. um, because it just we just we're excited for the hear. We heard something we really like them. This album's got so many different sounds, and it, we're really excited for them to hear it. It's really uh, refreshing to kind of hear you guys say that, like even Scott, you were saying when you left the band that originally, you know, you were kind of like shying away from the five stuff. And now that you're also, even though you're doing new music, now you're like, I'm embracing it because there's so many people, especially music or even in TV where they're known for a role. They just want to shed it and never talk about it. And that's how they're known. And it's obviously what you did when you first came out. And it's completely understandable because you're like, I've dedicated my life to this. I want to be known as Scott now. But 
then for the fans to know when they go to hear your new music, you're not also going, we're not playing Keep On Moving. We're not no, doing... No, 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 it's no, a, no, it's no, a no, really, no. We never do that. No, it's a really silly... And I think it's part of growing up. I think hmm. you can never... But I'm, I'm from five, and when you try and turn your back on that, and you say, I don't know, I want to be known as Scott Robinson now. Well, no one would know who Scott Robinson was if it wasn't for five. No hmm. one's bigger than the band. I'm, you know... We're better together than we are apart. You know, we're stronger together. Mm. And it, it makes so much sense to do these shows. And, I mean, I've said it every I've never been happier to be a member of five. It's driving up the M1 sometimes, stuck in traffic for six hours, thinking, do you know what, this Max, when I get there, I get to have a pint with my two mates and go on stage and sing songs that I love and they... But I could have, I could have, I could have or any of us could have, but let's just see if you think of them. But I could have a song. And I might put a guide vocal down on it. And the song's good. But when you put the three of us on it, it's a, there's a, it, it creates something that is it, just, just isn't the same when it's just one of us. It's just that the, there's a magic sort of thing that, you know, you've got to put down to Simon Cowell and Chris Herbert, really, that put us together. Um, you can't, you can't, it's not magic. You can't buy that. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's something that's special. And I don't mean it in an arrogant way, like where the, where, you know, I mean it in a more of a way that it's something that as we've got older, we appreciate each other, not, not, you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. we just respect yeah, yeah. each other what we play, you know what I mean? It's no one's more important than the other person. It's where there's something about that. I'm, I'm quite important. <laughs> only when he's got his blonde hair. Only when he's got his blonde hair. Yeah, but, when, but it's going to fade. When it fades away, it's a normal. <laughs> back to normal. Bang average. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, there's probably less egos this time around because when you first were in it, there would have been like pin-up status, you know. One month it might be in one of you and the next month, you know. I it's a bit all right. I knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew I always loved the most, but I, I, I dealt with it, didn't I? Did I deal with it? <laughs> Listen, all I'm all I'm saying is when our dolls come out, that's a reorder something for me. Tell a story about uh, when uh, uh, who's who's dolls' uh, favourite of your sons? Not even was it you? No, no. So my son Brennan, and he will kill me for saying this. He's twenty now, my son. But when um, when it, when he was little, he used to put you out a little bucket, like a little like pretend bucket. And uh, he used to push Sean around like the Sean doll. <laughs> and and uh, he wouldn't go anywhere without Sean. And this was in the in the in the part of my life where I hadn't I spoke to Sean before I seen Sean. And I remember one phone him up going, He won't go anywhere without your doll and Sean was blown away by me. And like literally to the point where we'd cry some days, like if we couldn't find Sean. And we'd oh. be like searching his play his playroom. Uh, so I, I found Sean and he'd be walking around the supermarket with Sean. That was a good doll. Really <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I'd say you're at 20 years of age now. He's delighted you told that story. <laughs> he's gonna be livid. Got stitching up. 20 year olds need stitching up. Yeah, I can't imagine having your own doll. That must be so weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah. An immortalized version of yourself at like 21 or something. You're like, especially the you know, hair you've had. I sometimes I went up the loft not long ago and I was I'm like searching for something up the loft and I found a box and I was like, oh, I've seen this box. I opened the box and it it's just full of stuff like that. Like um we had like little we had like little dolls like that, like a little Sabutio characters like that looked exactly like us. We had like the big dolls that sung that come with accessories. Like just some mental stuff that we had. 
And I was looking back at it and going, and then remembering, like, getting fitted up sit while they drew your face and your features. That is so weird. I'm just, like, trying to imagine just going for a little version of me. But then again, I had the five tin pencil case. And when we went to see you in the point in Dublin, you know, it was a big thing to get merch back then. You had to have the T-shirts and the necklace and the bag. <laughs> Thank you. Probably, pay, probably paid one month for my mortgage. Well, I probably did. My mother is probably going to be sent you an invoice afterwards going, um, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad though how like those gigs, like that was screaming girl central, like your heads. Yeah, no, it, do you know what? We, it, it's quite hard to comprehend and I don't, I don't think we truly appreciate it. We're very tired, you know, quite overworked and stuff and it, you almost didn't have time to think about it. And I mean, sure, doesn't it has never even looked anything back on the internet and stuff like that. I had and um, it, it's mind blowing. Like, I mean, I watched some shows that we done as a like, not as a fan of the band, but as a, like almost like I'm not part of the band, and I watch it like a spectator. And it's it's unbelievable some of the stuff we achieved. You know, performing at the MTV musical stuff. I remember, I remember my son Brennan coming home from school once, and he said, and I hadn't shown him anything. He's probably six or seven. Like, I'd never shown him a YouTube video. He didn't know what I did for a living. He goes, is it dead? Why do people keep on singing songs at me? And I remember at me, not to me, at me. And I said, what do you mean? I said, what are they singing? He went, put it up. And I said, oh, maybe it's about time that I showed you. So I showed him this YouTube video. And he was like blown away. Like, oh my God, that's you. And um, yeah, it was incredible. So yeah, it was, it was a phenomenon at the time. Weird. So at least what you're looking at now is the grown up. For, it's the me, my age, the people who come to see you now are the people I would imagine who have come with you from the start and are happy to like you obviously would get some new fans. But I'd say this when you're first starting out with the new music, you have people like me who remember and loved you and want to go and see you again. Yeah, I mean, they do. And you know what? It's, it's, it's so good. I mean, we actually like. In the crowds, we actually recognise faces. You know, people that are the hardcore fans of, of people that have been following us forever. You know, we'll know them people by name now because they've been there for so long. But it was amazing is they're bringing their kids with them, and their kids are now enjoying music. And not only that, though, there was a lot of um, uh, fire fans. I remember when we did the uh, big reunion, and I remember because uh, that was obviously the first time we come back. And I remember speaking to some of the fans outside. I think it was Hammersmith Apollo at the time when we'd done that gig and uh, the first one. And uh, there was friends that had met up that hadn't seen each other for years since we were around the first time because they became friends through Five. And um, and that was yeah, and that was, and that was their bond. They came to Five gigs, and then obviously when Five disbanded, they they went off and had their families and did whatever they're doing, like people do. They sort of go apart. And then when we come back together, we sort of reunited. They reunited, and it's, it's sort of a yes. interesting. You don't realise the the impact you have on people. Yeah, lives, yeah. yeah. Oh, completely. Like I can pinpoint certain parts of my, you know, teenage, early twenty years where it's like, you know, whether it was you guys or whether it's a song that you did or a gig that, like, you will never understand because you were for you it was just we're in Dublin or we're in Newcastle or we're wherever tonight. And for us, it was like major life event. Do you know, it's, it's really, really strange actually. Um, we've just obviously started with a new, the new music comes, you know, new artwork and, you know, speaking to doing, you know, our designs for our album and designs for our singles. 
and um, we're working with a, a woman called Lucy on um, some designs. And she said, I can't believe that I'm working with you now. I said, oh, what, what, why? And she said, I shared my first kiss to the man that I'm now married to. Didn't know where that was going. Yeah, she said, she said her first kiss at a five concert, first concert she went to, you now married that man. And now I'm speaking to her and she's doing the artwork. Right. So she said, it's like a picture self She's a fantastic designer. But it's it, it's funny you mentioned something uh, earlier about being, you guys were being so overworked when you were originally first time around. I interviewed um, Adele from Bewitched, who would have been the same time as you guys. And she was saying lots of it she can't remember because they were city to city, you know, on the same day or whatever. And then she was also saying like how you had to hide so many relationships. You probably, guys probably had that as well, where you weren't allowed no, the thing is, we, we hear about that um, with bands where they work. But, but the, we, we were we. The thing is, I think that was part of the appeal was we were quite uncontrollable. You could, there was a, there was. A, I mean, I don't think I don't remember any rules. Well, no, they would they would try it on. I mean, I remember because I mean I was with Gary from the from the get go, and I remember for. They might have tried it for two yeah, minutes. No, yeah, for about two minutes, they were like, do you know what? Maybe don't mention your girlfriend, Scott, because, you know, we don't want you, you know, you need to appeal to, you know, girls across the globe. And, and I, I thought, well, I'm not sure. And in the end, I just really have got a girlfriend because it felt, dishonest, it felt dishonest and it didn't feel right. Not only did it feel not right for me personally with my girlfriend, it didn't feel right publicly to be lying to fans and going, it's weird. I mean, if you thought about doing that with a band now, it's all seen a bit silly, doesn't it? It just wouldn't. It wouldn't happen nowadays. But silly. yeah, we. I, I can. I can completely understand what Adele was saying in terms of like city to city. Gospel. We would wake up. I mean, this must have happened to you. I'd wake up in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a clue what part of the world I was in. So that 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 much so that I'd open the curtains and I'd try and get like some sort of. Is it China? Is it Australia? I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a clue where I was. It was mind blowing. I'd find the tour manager and say, "Where are we?" He'd go, "We're in Sydney." I'd go, "Okay." That is so like that's so mental. But I suppose that there's gaps in your career that you're like, I remember the big moments, but you can't remember every single time you played, let's say, Liverpool, or you can't remember every time you played Belfast because there, there, it's the same set every night. It's the same. It's a lot of cheering people telling you you're great. And then it's getting on a tour bus and leaving. Yeah. I mean, do you know what? It's actually really, like, really nice now, actually. Like, not only have we freshened up the set for everyone else, we've really freshened up the set for, for, for ourselves as well. Like, it's actually really nice now to be able to introduce some of the new songs into, into the old, into the set. Because we're all, we'll always play Keep On Moving. We'll always play our big hits because that's what we're known for. Like what we were saying earlier about no one's bigger than the band. Them songs will always live with five, of course they will. But the new songs are a part of that journey now as well. And it's really nice to be able to change the set a little bit. If you go to Spotify and you listen to Reset, you'll you'll hear a part of the song that's got some big O's in it. And when we did it live, the the, the, the you know the crowd didn't have never even heard the song. We weren't even on Spotify yet. Yeah, we? and and they, they were repeating them. They were repeating them back to us. So if you haven't heard the song, get yourself there. Uh, have a listen and you'll be able to um, imagine the, the shows. Then get yourself to a show. Yeah. A bit of if you're getting down, on by a reset and then one like new tunes that are very unfamiliar now, but are slowly becoming 
part of our set and it's just great to see the, the, the crowd singing it back in it new yeah. song no it, it really is it, it's it's amazing they're all up here yeah, yeah <laughs> we were worried about doing it and now we're doing it and we've, got, we've actually got another single coming out um, in in November um, pre-sale of that will be next week next Friday the 22nd of October that song's also called Time the album's called Time as well a lot of time yeah but it's this song will be so poignant for people it's, it's an out and out ballad but it's a really grown-up ballad, and um, we can't wait to hear. I listened to um, I, they sent me over a few songs by you guys, and uh, I was like, you can hear parts of old the old band, the kind of old pop, like in Warm Light. You can kind of go, okay, I know that's Sean singing, I know that's Scott singing, and there's a bit of the poppy kind of thing. Um, and then they sent me one of your slower songs, and I it sounded so grown up and so was it reset? Or, yeah, and I was like, this is. So not what I was expecting, but I was I, like, I sat down and listened to the whole song because I was like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It was really like the melody and the words and everything was fab. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, so we've always had quite an eclectic album and, and we, you know, I think we always will have because there's lots of, you know, there's lots of differences in the band from what I listen to to what Sean listens to and Rich. And, uh, you know, Rich loves rock music. There's elements of rock in there. There's elements of pop in there. There's elements of soul in there. You know, so it, it really is. Um, it, it, we're really proud of the album. I'm really proud of the album. That's that's all. That's the most important thing. If you're putting out something that you can stand over, and you're like, as you Sean said, you're like, it's not going to be uh, keep on moving. It's something different. It's 20 years later, yeah. and it's something that you're proud of. That's the most we're important. Not, we're not trying to we're not trying to compete with the old music. We're not trying to destroy the old music. We 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 love the old music. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the old music. And uh, yeah, it's just about moving forward and adding to that. It's not about um, only doing new songs. Just uh, it's just continuing the party. Really, that's all we're trying to do. We just want to keep on moving. We just keep. Oh! <laughs> I just wanted to ask you before you go are you guys going to come to Dublin when pandemic lifts and um, are we going to see you doing some 100%, gigs over here 100%. We're, at, we're actually in Dublin on New Year's Eve what somewhere guaranteed oh I didn't know this I will find this out and tell everyone so they know where to and I thank you and I love you so much for coming back and chatting to me no, when you thank you very much thank you cheers I will bye. chat to you soon bye Well, that was Scott Robinson and Sean Conlon there from Five and they are back. As you heard there, they're back joined by Richie Neville, obviously with them as well. So they three are now, five are now three. Um, Abs and Jane no longer with the band, but they have decided to, you might have seen them. They were in the throwback tent in Electric, um, electric Picnic and the Electric Arena one time. And there's three of them then as well. I've yeah, I think there was three of them then. But at that stage, they were only touring, just kind of going, doing the throwback stuff. So um, as you heard there, that they have a new album called Time, which is coming out next year. Um, the new single, which is also called Time, you heard Scott saying there, it's out next Friday. Um, they already have music out like uh, Making Me Fall, Reset and Warm Light. So go check them out on Spotify. 
I was listening to them there. They've got, I think they've got like four songs or something out now at the moment of the new uh, versions of them. So when you finish this episode, go and press play on the new music. See what you think of it. Um, if you like it, play it again. Give the lads a listen. It's obviously very hard to come back out with new music when everyone's like, will you play if you're getting down? Will you play? Keep on moving, will you play? Got the feeling, you know? Um, so it's good to, you have to give them some support. Come on, you know, if you want them to come to Dublin, they're going to have to give them some support. So yeah, I did look up the gig they were talking about that they're doing on New Year's Eve and it is going to be in the INEC in Killarney. So if anyone's thinking about going out on New Year's Eve and you're like, I don't want to go out in Dublin or you live down the country, this is, could be one for you. So it's party like it's 1999. New Year's Eve 21 at the Glen Eagle INEC. Uh, it has five, S Club, Mark McCabe, Bingo Loco and more. So like, honestly, I'd actually go to that because that sounds absolutely class. Like, what else would you be doing? Like, honestly, that's a great lineup. Jeez, I might think about it. Uh, if any of my friends are listening and feel like going to Kerry for New Year's, I'm totally on for it. Just FYI. <laughs> but it sounds like a great gig. And then hopefully they'll come back over for proper gigs next year when the album is out. Um, but yeah, so that is amazing. Um, listen, I once again, thank you so much for getting me to 5,000 listens. Hopefully this episode will bound up there, get up to the top Top five, you could do. Hey, hey top five. But uh, keep on moving up those charts. Um, if you could do me a favor, if you could hit follow uh, on, or subscribe on whatever you listen to, Spotify, Google, Apple. But also, if you could just like, if you like an episode, will you send one to a friend and just say add this to your podcast playlist because. Um, it really means a lot to me. And like, there's some episodes there that have gotten more love than others, and others like you know haven't. You know, there might be a name that you don't recognise, but some of them are actually the most powerful ones, the ones that maybe you don't know who they are. They're actually some of the most powerful episodes. There's lots of mental health talk. There's lots of crack in them. There's lots of um, different topics in every single one. So, you know, feel free to scroll back, find one you haven't listened to. If this is your first ever one, listen to Tis Yourself. I'd love you to go back and have a listen to another one. Just this one was nice and short. So you could definitely squeeze another one while you're out in your walk. One, 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 one. Anyway, thank you so much to Scott and Sean, and thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. It has been myself, Nicola Barden, and I will chat to you next Saturday here on the Tis Yourself podcast.